Hello, and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by and for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday, February 24th, 2018. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And uh, here we are, Rach. Hi. <laughs> Nothing really to talk about this week. Uh, not a lot happening in the world. Everything is fine here. <laughs> Everything's great. <laughs> Everything's great. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, let's talk about the burgeoning NRA boycott. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about the Florida school shooting last week. Um, and the kind of good to come out of it, if anything, is, first of all, the young people who are rising up in a fierce uh, way that is extraordinary and is making an impact. Um I think we talked about this a little bit last week that, you know, there usually is this sense of like just deep sadness and sorrow. And I think we have that. But the, these young people have something new, which is anger, fierce, mm-hmm. righteous anger. And they're demanding things and they are eloquent and they are right. And people are listening. And uh, it feels different like we sort of talked about that last week and we weren't sure where it was going to go, but it, it's continuing to feel different. Um, well, earlier in the week, there was a town hall on CNN. Town halls, for the most part, are useless and stupid. Yep. But it was a bunch of the Parkland kids and Marco Rubio and Dana Lesh, the NRA mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know about the Marco Rubio part. They didn't really, CNN really didn't explain it. They kind of threw it together really quickly. So I thought it was going to be like Dana Lesh yelling at kids which I thought would have been disastrous for her in the NRA. And the little bit that she got was pretty disastrous for them. Right. Um, but, you know, it was interesting. And I'm not even going to get into the stupid controversy over the kid's father said CNN fed him the questions. I mean, that's like so irrelevant. Nobody cares about that. But the super right wing nuts on the Internet. Right. So the, the important part was that these kids put Marco Rubio's feet to the fire and you know, I mean, yeah, he's their he's their senator. He's their senator, and he said some things, but he basically said like, "No, I'm not going to stop taking money from the NRA. Right. Fuck you." <laughs> and it's like, okay, I mean that he's he's made his position clear. Yeah. So what is there to talk about anymore? Right. Um, and here's here's the problem, and and here is why corporate entities are bailing on the NRA. Um, Which we should explain real quick because I was like, in what way? But apparently the NRA is sort of like um, AAA. Blixa. Sorry, our Sorry. cat is yelling at a dog for no so- reason. Blixa. Um, <clears throat> so the NRA is sort of like AAA in that if you're a member, or AARP or whatever, if you're a member of the NRA, right, you give them money, they give you a card. You can, yeah, you you can get, get, like, get discounts, discounts on like flights. Special and, credit cards. Yeah, yeah. So anyway... A bunch of the companies that work with the NRA to give their members discounts are bailing on them. Like all these rental car companies. Today it was Delta and United. Um, a bunch of companies are saying. Hertz earlier today. Yep. Yesterday was Enterprise. <laughs> and Enterprise also oversees some of the other big car companies. It's like a conglomerate. And I forget which. But basically, there's just, I don't think there's any car companies, rental car companies left that do the NRA discount. Omaha Bank, First Bank of Omaha. Which it's one is, of the first. Yeah, which is a fairly big Midwestern bank. They're not just like a credit union in Nebraska. Right. And a couple others are going by the wayside here. So, and the reason for this 
is not just because, okay, we've now demonized the NRA, which is fine. We've demonized the NRA, but (laughs) at large, basically when this, when this happened and people started sort of pointing a finger at the NRA and saying, Hey, we need to do something about keeping assault rifles out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them or they shouldn't be in the general public at all. The NRA did what the NRA does and said, fuck you. No, you're not infringing on our rights. There's not going to be any age limits. There's not going to be background checks. There's nothing. No, no, no. And so corporate sponsors are like, okay, if that's the way you're going to go and where the public sentiment is right now, it doesn't make business sense to be affiliated with you guys right now because, because you're speaking as these nutcases who are basically saying, too bad, so sad. The slaughter of children in schools is fine with us. We don't care. Yeah, with the 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 body count of kids on the altar of the Second Amendment is fine because NRA. Right, and we have to remember the NRA has gotten way more extreme uh, in the past couple years. It's not just like your dad's NRA where Wayne Lapierre comes out and says like, oh, you know, you know, Charles Nesson or whatever. They've been putting out these really fucking crazy ISIS style um, terror ads. Um, really inciting violence oh, and, yeah. and inciting racial tension and inciting um, They've just, yeah, fear over the and top. way, way over the top, way more than they ever used to be. And a lot of people are calling um, that they're sort of starting to say like the NRA is looking more and more like a terrorist organization. Um, Plus, they, and this has not been touched on very much at all, and I think the media will get around to this eventually. Uh, they were working with the Russians in yeah. the 2016 campaign. They got a bunch of money from the Russians to yes. produce some of these ads that were fomenting racial tension and, uh, and you know, rural versus urban and all mm-hmm. of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and even big platforms like YouTube and Google and Facebook and Twitter um, are considering not allowing them, not hosting their videos anymore, their ads, uh, because they're just so extreme. I mean, they really are. If you haven't seen some of these things, you should go watch them because they are way, way, way beyond the pale, like way over the yeah, line. Especially the online ones. Yeah. Like some of the TV ones were just kind of lame. They, they, like a lady in the house and an intruder and like, you know, Hillary Clinton wants to make sure that this lady won't be armed if an intruder comes in the house. Right. Vote Trump. And that was kind of lame and stupid, but like there's some way crazy over the top ones. Yeah, there are. And it's almost, almost a call to violence in some of them. Like they're coming for you. What are you going to do yeah, when they do? Exactly. And, and then it shows like, you know, black people riding in the streets or protesting even. Yeah. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> it's, it's not very, uh, veiled. It's pretty, it's pretty stark. So, um, I was just telling you earlier this morning, you know, even after Columbine, after all the things, I've never really seen the NRA get this much heat, take this much flack. Yeah. And, and Andrew Kaczynski from, from, I don't know if he's with Buzzfeed now. He's one of those guys that bounces around, but he, he said he had this, this, these tweets this morning that was like, you know, I don't think this is going to work out how the left wants because this big corporate sponsor sponsorship that is pulling away is just going to harden the everyday NRA members. And I'm like, okay, first of all, the the NRA leadership and like the mouthpieces in the extreme politi- political wing of the NRA does not necessarily speak for your rank and file NRA member. Not at for, all. For a lot of them, sure. But for all of them or even a majority, I don't know about that. Like, we'll talk about your dad for a sec. Yeah. My dad, as we've talked about often, is a conservative and Trump he, supporter. Trump supporter. Absolutely. Went to, to a Trump rally yes, with his did. MAGA hat. And no, he doesn't have a MAGA hat. Well, MAGA God. shirt or whatever. No, but, um, but you know, and he is, uh, 
he is a gun owner. We have I grew up with guns. He is a avid Second Amendment rights activist. I wouldn't say he's an activist, but he is a secondy, right? Like that is oh, yeah. his amendment. He mm-hmm. believes in the Second Amendment and the right to own guns. And we went down for my mom's birthday on Sunday. And uh, I just was talking to him and I was like, look, like, I just, I don't understand. Like, tell me where you're coming from on this, this assault weapon thing. I just, you know, and I was telling him about that story we read last week about the lady who was in the military and her call for it and the very good argument that she made. And I kind of came at him with like, you know, people keep saying, well, what about hunting? And I told him about the argument I made on the podcast last week, like you'd get laughed out of hunting circles. And he was like, look, this is going to surprise you. But I'm with you. Like, I think probably AR-15s and assault rifles should be banned. And I was Mm. like, wait, what? Wait, wait, what did you just say? And he's like, yeah. He's like, these are military weapons. Your average Joe does not need one in the streets. And clearly, they're so easy to use. He's like, your niece, Addison, she could use one. It's so easy that, like, there's no... And my dad's second in that. Yeah. Because he used something very similar in Vietnam. Right. It's so easy, and and you can kill so many people. Light, no recoil, yeah. easy to load, easy to clean. Yep. It's, yep. It, it's, it doesn't malfunction. It's a killing machine for dummies. Yes. Basically. Yes. And he was like, you know, and it is the tool for mass shootings, and it just is, and that makes sense to me. And he's like, and really, realistically, like, we don't need to have them. And I was like, holy fuck, if my dad is like, we should ban, ban assault rifles, like, what world am I living in? And then he went on this whole thing, and he sent me this text about... How this is so this is crazy, right? You can buy an AR-15, and everyone wants to make arguments about hunting. <laughs> Not but with an AR-15. It is illegal to hunt game with that weapon. Well, it's also pointless. It's well, no, not but hunting. but hear me though. Yeah, there is a lot. There are laws against using these weapon weapons for hunting animals. Yeah. So what the fuck is the point? I, I'm he not sure. He sent me all this information I'm, I'm sorry, about like. The the these certain types for these certain weights of the animals and like there's all these laws around what kind of guns you can use to hunt fucking animals. So there really is no coherent argument for selling an assault rifle at all other than like protection, which is bullshit. Right. And so he was like, not only would you get laughed out of hunting circles if you tried to use one, you would be arrested for trying to use one. And I'm like, so we have more laws protecting game, protecting sport hunting or, or, or hunting around guns than we do around guns with people. Well, you know, I don't know that many gun huggers anymore that are using the excuse about AR-15s and other semi-automatic assault rifles for hunting. I think that's, I think it's just, I have a right to have it because Second Amendment. Right. They're not even using the hunting excuse. The hunting excuse is very 90s. Right. Like, I remember John Kerry having to get up there and be like, oh, I hunt myself. I'm not trying to take the hunters, you know, the hunters is a fine, you know, hobby. It's like, it's an American pastime. It's like, it's not even about that anymore. Really? No. I mean, who, no. who are you fooling trying to say you need an AR 15 or an M four or a, a Kalashnikov to hunt game? You, no know. one. But the other argument that, um, I was talking to Josh, my older brother and you know, Josh does Josh, the way Josh goes, the way the country goes. Um, he made an interesting argument. He said, you know, I agree with you. Like, 18-year-olds should not be able to go out and buy a fucking AR-15. Like, that's ridiculous. And he's like, in fact, I don't think anybody should be able to go out and buy one. And I was like, okay, so we're going to ban them. And he's like, well, he's like, they're really fun. 
And I was like, okay, okay, so that's more important. He's like, no, hear me out. He's like, here's what I think. I think you got to go through like a rigorous background check, a rigorous psychological examination, a physical examination, training, and then you got to wait two or three years. Okay, and let's let's remember a couple things, right? Let's do a little timeline here. First of all, there was an assault weapons ban, and in 2004, yeah. um, it was allowed to expire by the Bush administration. Right. Or I think I have that year right. I mean, and during that short time period. Uh, the rate of mass shootings did drop significantly. Yeah. <laughs> now they're back up. So there's your numbers. There's your evidence. Secondly, the Trump administration very recently, because there's all this talk of mental health, mental health, mental health, they just either rolled back or or stripped out uh, legislation that would have made it tougher for people with um, certain types of mental illness to acquire these weapons. Right. And, you know, you can make an important... Um, uh, argument that just because you're quote you know mentally impaired doesn't mean you sh- you you're, you don't have your Second Amendment rights anymore. Right. But you can't go and say that's the thing you care about when you just you and the NRA just work to strip that out. Right. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth now, <laughs> and then fucking Rubio after the town hall gets on Twitter, and he says, you know, these liberal uh, pundits have to stop saying that the rate of fire of an AR-15 is any different than a bunch of other rifles like bolt-action rifles. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right, asshole. <laughs> You're, he's either a bald-faced liar or he's never, like, handled a gun. Like, I have handled a bolt-action rifle. <laughs> it is not, like, a sub- like think about what bolt-action means. It means you put a bullet in the chamber and you have to physically uh, cock the gun oh. with a bolt. Oh. That's like the, the, the rifle that Lee Harvey Oswald used, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So who's he kidding? Right. I don't know. I don't know anything about guns, really. But um, anyway, I just wanted to finish what I was saying about Josh. So his argument was this two to three year waiting limit. And his he was saying, like, look, no one should be able to, on a whim, buy this weapon. And for people like me who want to be able to take it to a range once in a while because it's fun and easy to just shoot a target... Uh, We'll wait two or three years. We'll wait a couple years, two, three years. We don't care because we're not looking to go buy one to go shoot people. Yeah. And people who are going to go do a mass shooting, it's a, it's an impulsive thing. They're not going to wait three years to See, do a mass shooting. It would have to be three years. If it was three months or six months, like you're planning to shoot up a school and, you know, you're at that point, like you can think better of it. You can get treatment. You can... Get scared off of it. You, that whatever is going through your, if you're going through a, a mental illness cycle, something we're a little familiar with here, it, it might pass. Uh, somebody might rat you out. Uh, you might, they might, law enforcement might finally catch up with your plans because a lot of these people give off a lot of warning signs and well, those are that's missed. The other thing that's so upsetting about this is that this person was reported to the FBI. They did nothing. Yeah, then it came yeah. out, which I think we talked about last week. Then it came out that uh, they had been re- he had been reported 16 times to different law enforcement um, offices over the course of the past couple of months. I guess his mom died in the fall. And since then, he just became increasingly unstable and he was making all kinds of crazy threats. And people were calling law enforcement and saying, this guy is dangerous. This guy is a threat. He's going to do something like he's got all these weapons and he's really, really off the rails here. Somebody better check him out. And no one did. No one did. And the other really upsetting thing that we learned this week is that the armed 
officer at the school uh, was outside of the school when the shooting started and didn't go in. Right. Well, that's been Trump's clarion call this week has been arm all the teachers or arm some of the teachers. If the this was a law enforcement person, right? He worked for the sheriff's department. He was a trained law enforcement officer with a weapon. If he's too scared or didn't go in, how the fuck are you going to ask a teacher to kill a gunman? And the other interesting thing about that is a lot of people have been saying, we start arming teachers and they're just going to start killing their black students. <laughs> it's just one step well, away. It, it, it's not so much murder as uh, Kegro has, has been. No, I'm not saying that they want to murder their black hold on students. A, hold on a second. Kegro has been a good doing a good job of document documenting this. There are already a bunch of areas in school districts and parts of the country where teachers can carry concealed weapons. And oh boy, has that already been a shit show with guns left in bathrooms Guns not holstered properly, accidental shootings, like just like everywhere else, when there's too many guns, there's too many gun accidents. Right. So multiply that exponentially. And what do you think is going to happen? Right. But not even just that. Like a lot of teachers were like, you know, most school shooters are students. Yeah. So you're asking me or to former kill students. Or, right. You're yeah. asking me to kill my students. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Oh, it's just a, it's just a ridiculous idea, no matter how you slice it. And it's never going to become law. But again, it's deflection. It is. I mean, you, this this bill literally just died in the Colorado State House this week. Yeah, there was. A and bill, that's Colorado. This Colorado. is a gun happy state. Yeah. And the the kill committee in the Colorado State House. No uh, pun intended. Yeah, they killed it. And thank God for that. Um, but it had, you know, pretty good support. Well, look, people they, were like, no, no. The, this whole arm the teachers thing. I mean, not only is it like knee jerk Trump stupidity, but it's also just perfect Republican NRA deflection. They always do this one way or another. Either it's too soon to talk about it, so it'll never be talked about. Or here's this dumbass idea that'll never happen. So to say, oh, look, we tried to do something because the American public, led by these Parkland kids, has screamed enough is enough. People... You're, you're, the general public should not have access to these weapons, or if they do, it should be much, much harder to get a hold of. And the NRA and the Republicans are saying, no, 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 no. What we really need to do is deter these would-be shooters by arming, like, have, turning the schools into fortresses, which the, the majority of the American public says, fuck, no, that's want, idiotic. That's not, and there's like Kevlar shields and backpacks now, like... That's, it, schools should not be prisons. And Trump also said, this was funny, that, uh, you know, calling it an active shooter drill is upsetting the kids. So I said, okay, let's call it rainbow sparkle pony drill. Right. And then it is upsetting to the children. It is upsetting to them that they have to do this and that they are in danger. Yeah. So Trump's reaction has been asinine. And and then because there's such wonderful comedic timing in American politics this year, guess what's this week? CPAC. Oh, right. Right. And Dana Lesh, first day, and Wayne LaPierre, first day, were up there on the mic doing irreparable PR damage. I, I mean, <laughs> it's like the NRA just does not have a PR department. They just don't care. They just don't. And they have made things exponentially worse for themselves because all they're doing is just red meat to the those 
fiery of the base, and now but they're, it's they're paying the price. Always worked. I think they this is coming as a real surprise for them, because the, you know they've been attacked on the NRA every time there's been a shooting before, but not like this. And they keep using the same arguments, and it always works. And this time, people are like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Well, let's enough. Let, yeah, let's. I know we're going on eight million tangents with this thing, but let's back up a little bit and talk about the NRA because there's a lot of misunderstanding of what the NRA is and what they do, right? They're basically a trade organization. Uh-huh. They're an organization by and for gun manufacturers yes. to sell as many armaments and products that gun and ammunition manufacturers make. Right. That 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 is what their and goal is. why they have a political arm is because they want to lobby for the cause of those gun manufacturers. And so they have a political arm to lobby members of Congress and members of the government to protect their clients, which are gun manufacturers yeah, and, and to promote their interests. It's a weird dichotomy. And it's a little weird that they poured so much money into Trump winning because when they, when they're at their best is when there's a democratic president, especially when there's a black president who <laughs> they have scared everybody into thinking he's going to come take their guns. Did you see how gun and ammunition sales soared yeah. after Obama became president? Yeah. Imagine if Hillary had won. Yeah. Oh my God. So it's a little strange that they kind of work against their own interests in that way. But I think there is also this truly paranoid fear that, okay, yeah, gun sales will spike if there's a Democratic president, which is great. But ultimately, if there's a Democratic president and a Democratic Congress, they really could pass laws that'll make yeah. it much harder for people to buy our shit. Yep, exactly. So that that's their bigger fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is true, sort of. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, <laughs> we'll, even we'll here, find out. We made national news here in Colorado. Mike Kaufman, who's running for CD six, um, he's a real piece of work. He had a town hall also. Yeah, it and didn't go well. For it did him. not go well for him. And Corey in didn't. Particular, of course, no, of course know. not. No. Um, <clears throat> in particular, because in Colorado we have a a real we are a gun a gun state, but we also oh, yeah. have. Um, you know, mass shootings, school shootings are a real sore spot for us. And as we they should be as here. they should be because we have a pretty bad track record with them. And so um, to be a legislator in the state of Colorado, you got to walk a fine line there. And he did not. And he got booed. And he I mean, he got ripped apart. He yeah, really yeah. Did. he just said, oh, protect Second Amendment rights, protect Second Amendment rights. Don't want to hear la la la. Don't tell me anything else. Yeah, and people were booing him and he was like, no, we need to put more guns in schools. And they were like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, you have to meet force with force. Like, how about not that? How about we don't have to meet force? How about that? Yeah, it, it, this and it, again, this is not a hard calculus <laughs> for your average American to understand. Even your average gun owner. Yeah. I mean, the, the numbers are there. This is really a small cabal of the NRA leadership and political wing that is so against any form of gun control. And when we say gun control, you know, those people, they like they want to revoke the Second Amendment and take away everybody's guns. And like we're talking about stricter background checks, waiting periods, uh, registries, making it more difficult to get ammunition curbing internet sales, curbing uh, gun show sales where there's essentially no background checks. That's the kind of stuff we're the talking gun about. Gun show and private sales, yeah. right? That's the same thing, right. essentially. That, yeah. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about and that that stuff they are just as resistant to as anything else. Yep. And, and by huge majorities, the American public supports these. Now, here's the problem. 
Here is the fucking problem. Because we can talk about this until we're blue in the face. And there's a lot of conservatives have been all over Twitter in the news saying, you know, the NRA leadership is out of step with your average NRA member and conservative gun owner. And while that's true, when it comes to the ballot box, ultimately they get scared into not voting Democrat because they have this belief that the Democrats are going to grab all their guns. All the right. lawful or, gun owners, they're just they're Obama's going to send the, the FEMA troops to, to kick down your door and take away your guns. Or the other alternative is the vast majority of Americans agree with us on this and it's low on their list of priorities in terms of voting. Just is. Well, it's not low on the list of priorities of the Republican base because right. your, your dad can tell us. That he's blue until he's blue in the face. Oh, I agree that we really shouldn't have these assault weapons. Oh, that's great. Okay, candidate A wants to do something about that. Candidate B just wants the same free for all. He's going to vote for candidate B. Yeah, but, every, but all maybe day, every not day. because of guns. Does it matter? Yeah, he's not a one issue voter. This is not the thing that he votes about. True, but but my point is, that's the problem with the gun problem. Is it needs to be more. It needs to be a higher priority for people who want common sense. And this is why this is my hope for these kids and this movement that seems to really be gaining steam is that it becomes something that people vote on, becomes something that's so important to people to stop the death of children in schools, to stop the death of people going to a fucking concert, that people start actually voting that way, that they that it, they prioritize it as something that matters more than whatever is the thing that they're going to vote for the other guy. Well, we know how those few thousand Parkland kids are going to vote, which is great, but here's the problem. We still face an empathy gap in this country, right? So in terms of South Florida and like people who like knew the Parkland kids and maybe surrounding, I think we got a pretty good hold of young political active people coming up, but you go an hour out of the way to a school that's never had a school shooting. Does that have the same impact there? Right. Does that have the same impact at high schools in Georgia? Yeah. And I mean, granted, the, the Republicans in the NRA are horribly underwater with that generation anyway. Yeah. But underwater and then getting the right numbers of them registered and actually showing up to vote. And their parents and their cousins and their, you know, their everybody. It's yeah. not just up to these fucking kids. It's up to all of us. So I would like to think, oh, they've lost a whole generation. Well, they've lost a whole generation in one small part of the country. Let you know, and and well, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I wonder if this generation has less of an empathy gap than, let's say, our parents. Well, it's tough when you're a teenager because y- you don't necessarily always see the bigger picture. The Parkland kids now have because they've experienced it, right? But when you're a teenager, a you think you're invincible. B, if it's happening over there, it doesn't really apply to you. So I, I don't know if that's. I hope that's the case. I just I just don't know. I don't know. I hope it is, too. I mean, a lot of kids, like, there was a bunch of people in Washington, D.C. that were not from Parkland, Florida. These are Washington, D.C. students that went outside the the White House. Um, Seventeen of them lay on the ground for three minutes, and a bunch more stood around them, and they protested, and they had nothing to do with the Parkland shooting. Yeah, but that's, we again, we have that experience here. No, this is in Washington, D.C. Oh, I thought you were talking about Colorado. We did it, too. But in Washington, D.C., in front of the White House, these kids did it. Yeah. So I have hope. I mean, I hope you're right. Like if I'm a kid at a high school in Houston, Texas, I'm thinking, well, this could happen here. Of course it could. And what the fuck are the adults doing? And yeah, that kid's right, you know? And with social media, I think that's the other key is like they're not so isolated from each other. They feel like a community because they can reach somebody from D.C. in two seconds. And the right wing punditry, you know, it's interesting. They they are so ill-equipped to counter these kids. Yeah. Uh, and, and like the, they're, they're kind of reduced to now 
like Laurie Ingraham and Todd Starnes, oh, they're not showing respect for their elders. Oh, and then there was this garbage about how they were imposters. They were paid plants. They're not, these aren't really students. Yeah, at that kind of died after a few days. People that went were really so badly. outraged. Somebody yeah. who was it? Somebody at the White House said it and was like immediately fired. No, no, it was a staffer for a Florida uh, rep. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So somebody said it out loud, and they were like, "Okay, you're fired. You're you can't fucking yeah. say that." Like, <laughs> we're not doing Sandy Hook again. This is these are kids that. Literally have the cell phone footage of no, them no, being there. No, like, the stop. only thing they've got now is you're not showing respect to your elders. You're being mean to Marco Rubio. Right. And, and they, what a joke. Oh, that my is. God. It's, it's so much fun, though, on Twitter. They're so good because they're young. And they, they know how to work social media. So they're just and, and, like people are saying and the things 50 to them, year old conservatives don't. And they they are trolling the fuck out of these people. And their responses are so hilarious. Like one of these kids was responding to somebody who said, you're just a paid actor and whatever. And he was like, dude, if you'd have seen my performance in Hamlet, you'd know nobody'd pay me to act. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, yeah. I mean, they're just, and then the ratio of the people who react to that as opposed to the first gross right wing thing is, yeah, they're just humiliating themselves trying to take on these kids. And you really like shut up and let the kids talk, especially if your attitude seems to be, which I sense is that, let these kids get it out of their system, and in a month they'll be back to eating Tide Pods and posting selfies, right? Like, that that's what mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. right-wing establishment thinks. And to that I say, fuck you. I, and I hope they're wrong. Mm-hmm. But in the in the meantime, don't engage them and don't patronize them. And, and, you you know, shut your fucking mouth and listen to them. It's they like, just went through this. If you want them to get bored and find something else to do and forget about it and go away, you're going to keep poking and prodding them and, and telling them they're, they're dumb kids? Right. No. They can't help themselves, though. No, I they mean, can't. They're naturally mean and gross and patronizing because they're mean and gross and patronizing people. Yes. Correct. So that's where we are. Yeah. So they're doing they're doing more to help this movement, the Laura Ingrahams and the Todd Starnses and the Dana Leshes and these people than, you know, anybody else. And these kids. I just fucking love them so much. They are heroes. They are just... They're tremendous. They can I, really are. Can I bitch about David Brooks for a second? Yeah, sure. You know I love that. <laughs> so David Brooks writes this op-ed in, uh, I don't, is it an op-ed? I, I don't know what you'd call it. Whatever. His stupid David fucking Brooks column mm-hmm. in, in New York Times uh, was about how if we're going to do anything about guns, we have to be nice to the rural gun owners. And if, you, uh, if, you, if you're not nice to them, then, you know, it's not going to work. And, uh, what does that even mean? I mean, like, have you, like, and again, we go back to the, have you seen the NRA ads? Have you seen what these people say about us? Have you seen the terrorist threats coming from yeah. this crowd? Like, and, and what good does that do? Okay. So we, I mean, and it's stupid because Democrats have been trying to kiss their ass for decades and it doesn't work. And nobody's trying to take guns away from farmers. Nobody's trying to take away your rifle. Nobody cares about your fucking rifle on your farm. Nobody so cares. He was there. He was on NPR yesterday opposite EJ a, a e. Dion, which I guess is like a masochistic thing for David Brooks because EJ Dion always clowns him and makes yeah, him look like a Friday. fucking idiot. Yeah, I love it. And, I love EJ and, and, and they basically, the whoever it was, uh, you know, that hosts that usually, the lady, was and I'm sorry, I don't know her name. I just they all kind of blend together, all the NPR personalities. <laughs> Stevensky and yeah. David Fulkin and, and, and yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh 
she she basically quotes back David Brooks and David Brooks. No, 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 you misunderstand me. No, no, no. I, I, we we need gun control, but we're never going to get gun control if if we're we're not really really go out of our way to 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 be nice and understanding with the rural gun owning types. And AJ Dan's like that is not the fucking issue here, man. No, let's <laughs> you know the issue is how the NRA and the Republicans are reacting to what these kids are asking and. Where did you get rural gun owners? Nobody's talking about that right now. Yeah. Nobody, it's not even, he just, he's wrong. So he has to say something obnoxious about poor white people because then, I don't know. Yeah, he has to take their side in some capacity. Like, no, no, they're like, it's not even that they're they're right. It's just like, oh, to be nice to them. That's like, okay. that's all he's I'll got Make left. them cookies. Can we then ban assault rifles? <laughs> Is that what we need? I don't know. No, mean. Hillary Clinton tried that. Yeah. They didn't like that either. No. And her cookies were better than Babs's. <laughs> so <laughs> fucked up. Anyway. Anyway, uh, uh, I don't know if we're tapped out on the subject, but we've got so much more to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we had our weekly uh, Robert Mueller indictments. Oh, my God. It seems to be a weekly thing now. Oh, my God. And oh, boy, oh, boy, <clears throat> oh, boy, is Paul Manafort in a world of shit. Yeah. As is his uh, his underling Rick Gates. They're so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's about, about the size of it. Uh, so he's already charged them, right? And then he brings thir- thirty-two new charges, additional charges. And, and Gates is not all, cooperating. Gates, like, okay, yeah, okay, 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 okay. I'm, I'm copping a plea. Um, all of them this. relating to money. Yes. So, follow the money. Remember what uh-huh, we've been saying from uh-huh. day one. Yep. It's all about uh, bank fraud. And tax IRS fraud. fraud. Yep, tax mm-hmm. fraud, IRS fraud, um, investor fraud, investment I think. fraud. All, all money, all money, all the time. And it was, I okay, it what was it? Thirty two. Thirty two. But it was only like it wasn't long. It was like five pages. Yeah. The new charges. Yeah. I mean, the, you, but when you get into some of the meat of of it, it's really fucking fascinating. And I really encourage you to find it online and read the new, um, uh, what would you call it? Brief. Released complaint. By, complaint mm-hmm. released by Mueller, um, because the shit these guys did, so blatant, yeah, and so sort of arrogant and so like not bothering with a paper trail. I mean, you literally have Paul Manafort asking people related to these companies to send him word document versions of profit and loss statements so he could fudge the numbers. Yeah, I need to be able to edit it. So send me a word version. It's like why, whoa, why would whoa, you need to edit it? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You don't not need to edit this. That's why it's in PDF form. Yeah. And then there was some debacle about him trying to convert a PDF to Word. <laughs> and it, well, I think what happened. <laughs> I think how he like snared. Literally part of my job. Which but, is so funny. Yeah, I, I tagged you on a post about that. But I think he, the way he partially how he snared Gates was he needed one of these things he was doctoring, one of these books he was cooking, and I don't remember if it was a profit and loss or a tax statement or something. He needed it as a Word document, then it converted back to a PDF to make it look official when he sent it to the IRS. But it started out as a PDF. It started as a PDF, so he needed to Convert it to Word. To, and it's, that's not, you know, you got to have like a little thing. No, yeah, can, PDF to Word can be tricky, especially if you want to edit it. Yes, and but, I, I do that all day. It sucks. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of a pain in the ass, but it's, it's a not huge pain in the ass. hard. Yeah. But, um, well, for, <laughs> for Grandpa Manafort it is. So one of the things was like, hey, Rick. Can you can you convert this this profit and loss statement I just doctored back to a PDF, please? Kate, okay, thanks. I mean, that's basically what it said, and it's there it needs in the to complaint. Look official. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and it's there in the complaint and you just smack your forehead and be like, Jesus, these guys are fucking Keystone cop level embezzler money just, launderers. I mean, it's, not embezzlers, money launderers. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, or they probably did embezzling too. I, I, I mean, mean yeah, everything, course, everything course. and everything. Yeah. And, you know, I let Manafort's either Manafort or his lawyer releases that I'm going to be totally innocent and exonerated. And it's like, I, I hope you guys stick with that. I can't. It's, that's just posturing, of course, but I can't wait until the statement comes out that like this was taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting the full story. I just want I was and just it, yeah. mm, I just like PDFs better. I it's not <laughs> what I meant. I was saying that hmm I don't even know. Well, let's let's talk about um Let's talk about who Manafort is and how he came onto the scene, right? Yeah, that's been some interesting developments that I've we've been listening to this week. Go Paul ahead. Manafort disappeared from politics for decades. Like he was around in the Nixon years and then a little bit after that. I think he he was involved with Reagan early on. Uh, and then he kind of disappeared. And he what he did was he went to basically work for a bunch of Eastern European strongmen backed by Russia in places like Ukraine and, and also worked with a lot of shady entities who laundered money through Cyprus and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of other shit. It, it's all this sort of cabal of uh, Putin-backed, Russian-backed strongmen and uh, shady banks who kind of operate this way over there. It's, it's very, it's basically the mafia runs a whole region of the world. Right. Essentially. And right. Paul Manafort was one of the guys to do PR for them, to, you know, try to do PR in the West to make them seem not so bad. Right. Shit like that. He worked that. for the Russian mob, essentially. Essentially, yes. Yeah. And 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 I and I don't know the, the, the whole of the backstory, but somehow he found himself in a lot of debt to a lot of very dangerous, scary people. And I don't know where the debt came from. I don't know if he's got a gambling problem or or he just did some bad deals and yeah, he who knows? Uh, who knows. But approaching 2014-15, he found himself in a lot of debt that he was trying to get off the books probably to save his life from the Russian mafia. I, yeah. I'm not exaggerating with this. This right. is this, a lot of this shit is going to come out and people are going to be slack-jawed. Then he kind of shows up at Donald Trump's doorstep right around the time that he had to get rid of Corey Lewandowski for the the grab the lady gate. Mm-hmm. which I mean, now they wouldn't even bother. Like back then, I guess somebody cared right. about PR, but back then I guess it was a big deal. And Lewandowski was kind of a loose cannon and he was kind of an idiot and not a guy you won't have run your campaign. Right. So in steps Manafort, he's, he's been out of the scene for a while, but he's got a lot of experience. He's got a ton of connections, especially with the Russians. Mm-hmm. And he's basically saying, I'll take the job for free, man. Yeah. I want to come work for you and I'll, I'll fuck it. I'll work for free. <laughs> Literally. Literally, I'll work for free. And Trump was like, fuck yeah, yeah, done. An experienced campaign manager with these connections going back to the Nixon years. And he knows Roger Stone. And it's like, yeah, Great. let's get this guy on board. Great. Yep. So he comes to work for Trump. And then very magically, a lot of his debt problems basically go away. Yep. So if, you, if you're not connecting those dots, should we connect them for you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they said, go make Trump win. Go make Trump win and advance Russian interests, and that's that. Right, right. And it's important to note that the new indictments or the new charges against Gates and Manafort in and of themselves 
are not the smoking gun that gets Trump in trouble. But when these pundits say this has nothing to do with Trump, Russia, no, that's not true at all. And, and understand, I don't think there is going to be a smoking gun. If you're, if you're waiting for the document or email or tape to surface, I mean, there could be, but I think it's unlikely that there's going to be a tape where Trump and Don Jr. sitting in a room saying, okay, now we're meeting to collude with the Russians and do right. the thing. Like it is a large mosaic. It is a yes. big ornate puzzle. Yes. And Manafort is a piece <coughs> and Cyprus is a piece and Felix Sater is a piece. And this attorney lady who met with Don Jr. is a piece. It is a big elaborate puzzle. Yes. And Robert Mueller is trying to put all those pieces together. Yes. And every time new indictments are announced, that's another piece of the puzzle falling into place. And understand that he's strategic about what indictments he passes out and when uh-huh. and with to whom and why. Yes. And what he's saying right now is, hi, we know about money stuff. <laughs> Which scares Trump the, the very most. most. Yep. Because Trump is right in the sense to, to prove collusion is going to be tough Yep. And it's also going to be something that Congress can just kind of say, whatever. You can't whatever money laundering. And tax evasion yes. and tax fraud. Yes. And no. Yeah. That, Those that's, are federal that's, that's how they got Capone. Yeah. Like, uh, tax evasion. Like federal prosecutors. <laughs> he so many people. Federal prosecutors in the FBI were running around going, this guy's a thug and a murderer and a psychopath. And there's blood running through the streets of Chicago and we can't get him on any of it. And LNS is like, wait a minute. I think he pays his taxes. Nah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, he and that's how they got him. Yeah. So yeah. this is, you know, this is a very, very, very old way of trying to nab somebody that you know is guilty of sin of a bunch of horrible shit. And that nobody will turn, nobody will talk or whatever. And then, yeah, money stuff. Yeah. And we know Trump's dirty on money. We just know. It's so obvious. Yes. So. But, but just based on who he does business with and how. And, um, and we even gotta, his own posturing about like, if he goes after my finances, that'll be the last straw. And no, you can't have my tax returns. Why? Right. What's the problem there? I know you can have my tax returns. And, you know, I mean, he's just a shady fucking businessman. Period. So in, in the second half, we're going to get to Jared Kushner because things are getting very interesting on that front. Yes. And um, let me put it this way. Jared Kushner's in a world of shit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of surprised he's still working at the White House. Yeah, kind of working. I mean, we're going to get into it in the second half, but there's lots more to talk about for sure. Anyway, we got a few more minutes before the break. What else do we want to squeeze in about these topics? Well, let, let's recap a few things, right? Manafort right now is posturing that he's going to fight the charges. Mm-hmm. Um, Gates has has basically said, I'm going to plead guilty, which means he's going to cooperate. Yes. And he's so if they didn't have enough on Manafort already, now he's totally screwed. <laughs> yes. Because his side... You know, his sidecar buddy is flipping on him. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's the problem for Paul Manafort. And people think this is fanciful, but people have very short memories. What happens when you turn on Putin and the Russian mob? They poison you. Yeah. That's what they do. They poison you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they can get to Paul Manafort anyway, anywhere. Yeah. Prison, his house, walking down a street somewhere. Yeah. Poison tip umbrellas i mean they're really tea. good at poisoning people that's oh yeah what their thing is it has been for centuries by the way oh yeah that's the russian way yes poisoning yeah. yeah yeah so if if i'm paul manafort and i'm 
choosing between the rest of my life in a cell or looking over my shoulder for my assassin to die horribly. It's usually uh, some kind of like radiation poisoning that takes a really long time and your body just kind of falls apart. And it's and impossible it's to trace and know yeah. where it came from and, and know who did there's it. There's no and, treatment and yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> right. Because they're, they're not going to. Yeah, maybe I just picked jail. There's not going to be a late, like, it's not going to be like the, the show The Americans where like a lady in a wig corners Paul Manafort and like shoots him with a dart and then runs away. No. Like it'll be in a crowded street somewhere and like 20 people will be walking by and he'll feel like a sharp pain in his leg and. You know, Thad got stung by a bee and then go about his day. And then a few days later, he's dead and nobody's got any idea. how. It or happened. a few months later, in some cases, if he's drinking a little cup of tea one day at a thing. And yeah. then over the course of the next three months, his entire like organ systems become liquid and he dies a slow, painful death. And I, he, I he, and he understands this because he's worked for these people. Yeah. He knows full well what happens. So if you're expecting Manafort <laughs> to flip, I don't know about I that. I don't know either. I think if I'm him, I'd probably take my chances in prison. Yeah. Which they can get to him in prison too, by the way. The long story short, Paul Manafort is totally fucked. Yeah, totally he's, fucked. he's completely fucked. Yes. It's it's out of a bad crime novel. The the guy way in <laughs> over his head gets even more in over his head, and now he's just totally fucked from every side. Yeah. And yeah, you know, the dude may drink bleach to get out of this. I, I seriously, yeah, he, I know. he's so fucked. Anyway, we're gonna take a break. And speaking of totally fucked, we're gonna talk about Jared Kushner. Uh, there's a new, there was a new wisp of Mike Flynn controversy from the geniuses <laughs> at Fox News. We'll get to that. Um, and then a whole bunch more with the Trump Russia investigation and whatever else we think of to talk about. So don't go anywhere. Back to irreverent testimony, and um, Canes just won. <laughs> yeah, everybody really cares <laughs> about Miami Hurricanes basketball. Let me tell you, what they Ooh, did, boy, they did win, though. Yes, they did win. Uh, breaking news: Dems received declassified version of their Russia memo. Are we <laughs> today? No, we're not. Like, we're not traveling. From the past. This yeah. Today, no, the 24th. Yeah. We're no, talking we're, about the they, memo from, remember when that, what, what, weeks ago? Right. If you want to remember, <laughs> the Noons memo stated that 
that poor Carter Page, his civil rights were violated by the FISA court. court, And the FISA court didn't disclose that that the Steele dossier was for political, was political oppo research. And none of that is true and none of that is relevant. And like now with these latest Mueller indictments, like, is it even like, what about that memo? (laughs) The Republicans like, yeah, yeah, declassify. Let's talk about that more. No, no Russia. Let's talk about that. Um, it's like arguing about the friggin' Nunes memo at this point is like arguing with flat earthers. It's right. like, what, like are, what wait, are we talking wait, about? What? We could be talking about Obama's birth certificate at this point. Like, wait, what? I mean, I guess they still want that ace in the hole for when this really all hits the fan to go, you, you improperly got those warrants on Carter Page. Right. And this and is like, like Carter Page is not even Carter Page hasn't been indicted. He's like the one Trump figure that hasn't been indicted. <laughs> <laughs> and like you're going to just been under investigation you, by You're so worried about poor Carter Page's uh civil rights being violated like okay, give us something on Manafort or Flynn cuz they're the ones that are in deep deep shit, right? Yeah. Or when Kushner and we're going to and that's the pivot I guess I want to get to next is Jared Kushner's security clearance. Yeah. And it's not just his. Let's just get a little background here. No, it's, here. it's everybody's. <laughs> so there's like a whole bunch of people who have, are, have access currently to um, top secret and highly classified information that work at the White House. Yes. <clears throat> that are on what they call an interim security clearance, which means that their security clearance is still being reviewed. And just to give that context, um, Trump has been the president for one year and one month, essentially. Uh-huh. And he won the election one year and about three months ago. Now, typically during the transition is when security clearances, you know, you go, well, really even before that, right? Well before that, usually. Uh, like, there's a chance that my team might, you know, and, and the candidates get the security briefings. Um, but, like, the people who are their their national security people and... You know, their their cabinet and the people close to them need to get clearances, too, because they're going right. to be advising them and right. doing their jobs. So, like, going on more than a year now, someone who is at the very, very highest levels with the most access to the president still does not have a security clearance. Yeah, not not the the proper one that the has been fully vetted by the FBI and said this person is not a, a security risk to the national security of the United States, being they can't be blackmailed by other countries. They don't. They're not working as foreign agents. They're, I mean, they're not like super in debt to where they might be compromised by foreign governments offering offering them lots of money. I can't even there's tell. A, there's a million reasons right. why. I can't even tell you a story. My childhood best friend growing up um, decided at the age of 30 to join the um, armed services. Yeah. And she wanted to be an officer in the... I want to say army. She wanted to go to that officer school. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> because she had significant student loan debt, she'd gotten like a couple different degrees. Uh, didn't use any of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Substantially. I mean, she's yeah. a brilliant and amazing woman and actually her career in the Navy has been kind of incredible. But anyway, she decided she wanted to go to officer school. She didn't want to be like an infantry man, right? She's got multiple degrees. And they told her because of her divorce, which left her with a lot of debt, the house that she hadn't sold and her student loan debt that she could not be she could not she did not couldn't be an officer she couldn't get the clearance couldn't she get the clearance right because and this she is over, had the potential to be blackmailed this is just going to officer school they wouldn't let her in well and hold on this is probably a couple hundred thousand in debt yeah 
How much is Jared Kushner in debt? Right. Hundreds of millions, if not more. I, I think it's at least 30 million, possibly more. Personally or with his businesses? It's kind of the same thing when it comes to security clearances. Mm. Well, I don't know, but I heard a, like a lot of different numbers. But it doesn't matter, right? Like, this is a problem for him. So, now, the president can give anyone he wants security clearance the same way that we talked about last week. The president can declassify anything he wants to declassify. Right. The president is not doing that. And why do you think that is? <laughs> I'm not sure. Because he doesn't want ultimate responsibility for this. Sure. Right? He if, knows how to keep goes his hands bad, clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that gave clearance, clearance then, then it, it comes back to him. him. So he's put this on Kelly. Yes. And, and Kelly has, has basically, if you read the tea leaves, he, he wants to revoke Kushner's clearance. Right. So there's this sort of bombshell came out that um, Rosenstein came to um, Don McGahn. He was trying to get a hold of Kelly. Kelly was quote unavailable. So he <laughs> talked to pick up his phone. Right. He talked to Don McGahn and he said, Look, there's some problem serious here. problems with Kushner's security clearance. It's gonna be held up for a while and we've got some stuff to talk about. Now that stuff we don't know exactly what it is. We have a that, we have a good feeling that as to what telephone it is. conversation is known fact. And uh that that then sort of has spiraled into this Kelly saying, anybody who can't get full security clearance by what Friday no longer has access to top secret and classified information in the White House, which is Jared Kushner. Sure, with the little added there, but but he's doing a great job, and I'm sure he can do his job fine, and blah blah blah. You know the fluff that is right. needed to not irk. But he Trump said, too like much. anybody who works in the White House who can't get security clearance doesn't have access. Period. Like I think he said within a week. Right, but then Trump turned it around and said, "Well, that's still up to Kelly." Right, and yeah, yeah, and he. He was asked the direct question, why don't you just give your son-in-law security clearance? No, no, no I'm going to leave Kelly. that up to John Kelly. He'll do what's best for the country, and, you know, Jared's great. Oh, the memo, just in real time, the Democrats' Russia <laughs> FISA memo has been released. Aha. So as the, when the, as the cryon kind of sp- spills out, <laughs> what, what's in it, it will tell you in real time. Uh, I would have cared so much about this two weeks ago. It really <laughs> seems so irrelevant now, doesn't it? Am yeah. I being... You know, naive. Am I? Am I? Am I just being? That's not what it says. What's it going to say other than proving Nunes is full of shit, which everybody in the world knew? Right. Well, there could be like material omissions of fact that could be potentially explosive. Ma- we make don't know. Nunes look even worse. I mean, how could much worse can he look? But it's not just about him, right? It's not. No, just, this no. isn't his memo. No, it's not just about him. No, it's it, about- it gives a clearer picture of how the Steele dossier fit in with all this and, and how, how the Republicans the are covering it up and how yeah, it, it, could. It, it, could. it could. We don't know. We don't know what it says. It, it, it might be says, as big a reverse nothing burger as the Nunes memo. I would think likely. Yeah. Which so, is like, why uh, okay, are we I may be underestimating the importance and impact of this. But it does seem irrelevant. But we don't know because we don't know what's in it. No, we it don't just know. literally was released. OK, so. so by the time this airs tonight, I'm sure everybody's going to know. and <laughs> We're going to sound like idiots. Yes. I'm going to sound like an idiot maybe for saying, oh, it's no big deal. Who cares? We don't know what's in it. Yeah, we we'll don't see. know. But uh, we'll, we, talk about it, we'll break know. it in real time as we're literally watching the news break on our, our TV screen. Uh, Democrats, FISA memo. FISA was not used to spy on Trump. Uh, duh. OK. Really? Is that what we were saying? It's like, wasn't that debunked like the minute after he claimed it? I guess they want like a, a congressional record of something saying what the truth is. <sighs> but, you know, anyway, let's not get God, caught up even in the moment to moment. Even, even igno- like 
giving that idea any airspace pisses me off, you know. I know, but let's not do a moment. We can't hear what they're saying. We don't know. Yeah, okay, all right. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about. What we're going to talk about. So, Kushner. Jared Kushner. Uh, <laughs> boy, is the public going to learn a lot in the next few weeks, I think, about Jared Kushner. Yeah. Because now the public is interested in him, not in the sense of how cute he is, and isn't it cool that he wears this backpack? He looks dead and, behind the eyes to me. He looks like a baby Putin. He is. He He's is. Very, he, he comes from a crime family. He's he's a criminal himself. He is in a he he is like Manafort, a, a money launderer mm-hmm. and a cheat and what a real estate fraudster. Family? I don't know anything about his history or his past or his family. Uh, his dad is in prison, uh, oh. partially for setting up his own brother-in-law with a prostitute. It's very sordid and complicated. Okay, okay. but well, um, just Google it, people. Yeah, yeah, I will yeah, yeah. Google the Kushner family if you don't know. Uh, but Jared himself has so many shady real estate dealings with the same garbage, with the same laundered Russian money. It's the same crap as Manafort. And a lot of that is going to come to light. And he's in debt up to his eyeballs uh, for all this shady crap that he's been involved in with the Russian mob. And that is the main reason he cannot get a security clearance. Like right. the, the, the media is very much dancing around the edges of this. Because they don't want to come out and be like, he's mobbed up with the Russian mob. <laughs> yeah. He can't get a fucking no, but, security but, but, that, but spoiler, that's why. <laughs> right. That's spoiler, why. And, he's, and he's in debt to the Russian mob. And Rosenstein knows this. And that's why he's not going to Trump directly, but he's pulling in McGahn or Kelly and saying, look, dude. dude can't, this guy is never going to get he's security. He's never going to get a security <laughs> And clearance. he fucking shouldn't. Yeah. He shouldn't it, even it, have access to it, this. And moreover, yeah, he's probably trying. Rosenstein, I would assume, is trying to hint like it's a really bad look that he's seeing classified information at all based on what, what is going to come out about this guy or the fact can we just back up beyond optics and say if there's a principled person in that building it's bad that he has access to it because of this stuff well, not that, just well, optics no 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 like, Rosenstein, he shouldn't be able to look at this Ro- shit. Rosenstein doesn't care about the optics but he may be trying to right. get that point across to get somebody in the White House to care right and to get Jared Kushner's eyeballs off of classified information because when this all comes out it's gonna be pretty fucking bad yeah and you would think what is he doing with it we don't know no we don't is he is he turning around and going back to his russian handlers with classified information we don't know is he trying to influence policy based on what the russians want because he is so in debt to them i mean this i mean people still have not grasped how crazy shit is in the white house in terms of how the whole Trump cabal is so compromised by the Russians so, and other interests. I feel like for maybe people that are my age or younger, you sound like a crazy old man <laughs> talking about some shit from the movies. And this never happens. Okay, and it sounds okay, great. But okay. You are an international relations person and you have an education in this and you you are highly educated specifically in the cold war uh um era international relations policy okay let's so back up. i would like you Let- to just explain that this is not this isn't like new or like it would be just trump the, the russian spies and american spies and the, the spy network between the two countries. Let, let's take russia out of it for a second okay, okay? let's i was gonna say uh let, let's pretend wakanda but we haven't right. seen Black Panther yet, no, so we will. Die, <laughs> yeah, we like know a lot about it already. Let's say Liechtenstein, okay? Let's say it was a Liechtenstein mob, and let's say that's not even say Jared Kushner. Let's say 
in, in the imaginary world, uh, John uh, Whiteman was president. Yes. And his son-in-law, um, uh, Frankie uh, Paste com- Pasty Complexion. Yes. Was this businessman who had all these dealings with uh, Liechtensteinian oil reserves. And the interests of the Liechtensteinian government were at odds with the uh, interests of the United States. But now you have somebody in office who has been compromised because they owe money, lots and lots and lots and lots of money to these Liechtensteinian interests. The reason that is bad and the reason that they don't let you or try not to let you into the highest levels of power into the United States is because if you are compromised or you have the potential to be compromised in that way by a foreign government, I forget it's the Russians. Okay. could be one of our allies. The reason you don't do that is because now there's a chance that you are working not in the interests of the people of the United States, but in your own personal interests that may be at odds with what is in the interests, the right. best interests of the country of the United States. Right. But States. what I'm asking you is like that. That's good. But I'm asking you to tell our dear listeners that this isn't just crazy conspiracy. There have been confirmed things that have happened oh, yeah. like this back during the Cold War. This isn't like we're making this up out of the air like we're watching a TV show. <laughs> like there have been actual like reports declassified about spies and about spy networks and how it worked and yes. like that stuff actually has I, I, happened. Right, but but this is the problem and this is why the media is struggling covering this. Because very rarely if ever has it ever reached the highest levels of the White House. Right. No matter what Nixon and his cabal did I don't think there was ever a time where they were compromised by foreign governments and being no. used as operatives. No, but what I'm asking is like, I hear you. It's usually it was greedy or dissatisfied people in the intelligence community like Aldrich Ames and Robert Hansen and these people at the highest level of intelligence and counterintelligence who had sort of too much power and not enough oversight and they were disgruntled or grumpy or just greedy. Greedy, right. And but what I'm saying is like when we say like this guy probably has Russian handlers, one or more of them, and that like the, this stuff is something that ha- that ha- historically has happened and been proven to have happened. Right? Oh, yes. well, It, it doesn't not- reach the highest levels of the White House, but what we're talking about in terms of espionage has been historically proven. But right? this isn't even espionage. This is this is a something much different. Like, oh, maybe it'll be proven that Jared Kushner is like faxing (laughs) documents to the (laughs) Russians. But what's more likely and what's harder to prove and it's a tougher paper trail is and this is not like, oh, we don't like Jared Kushner and we don't like Trump. We're saying we know he's in debt up to his eyeballs to Russian interests Mm -hmm. that are tied to directly to Vladimir Putin. And if they can exert that sort of pressure and compromise him to enact himself because he has way too much power or to push Trump in a direction that is much more beneficial to Russian interests than American interests. That's a big fucking problem. Right. And that's what it looks like is possibly happening right now. Right. And that's crazy. Right. It is. And it's dangerous. Very. Very. Even if they're not leaking information back to the Russians, the fact that their interests aren't the American interests, but in fact Russian interests because that's their personal interest because they don't want to get poisoned, um, that's dangerous. Well, and we've already seen evidence, right? That uh, uh, At the RNC, you had the, the platform 
against the Russian incursion into Crimea and against the Ukrainians basically stripped out in yeah. 2016. Yeah. And, and the media was just kind of like, oh, that's weird. And then moved on. It's like, that is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy town. Yes. And virtually nobody talked about it or cared. No. And that was Manafort. And Hillary way. Clinton, by the way, was like, she blew hi, the whistle. hi, this is fucking happening. Hi, hello, red flags, hi, alarms, can we talk nuclear about this thing meltdown that's signal. Let's talk, please. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, she's so hysterical. Oh, she's, oh, she's so hysterical <laughs> and shrill. Yelling about the yelling Russians. Yelling about the sca- Russians. God. Scaremongering. Greg, oh. Glenn Greenwald got on his Twitter. Oh, all the Russian oh, scaremongering. All the Russian scaremongering. What are we in the 80s? Yeah. No, it's fucking happening. It's literally happening right now. And she's like, oh my God. You guys, this is fucking crazy. This is crazy. She called him a puppet for the Russians because he is. Yes. And everyone shit all over her for it. And now we're like, oh, sorry, Hill. Oh, wait a minute. She was, when, I, remember she, she said that thing something. about the puppet with the Russians? Oh, yeah, that, no, that, oh. Oh, she wasn't being shrill and hysterical? Oh, she was just <sighs> telling us what's going on? Anyway, that's. Cool, cool. Yeah, but that's one thing. Then you have that we, based on the interference in our election, we had a new set of sanctions yes. that were passed by Congress, something like 573 or four. Some, yeah, it was like an overwhelming majority. And yeah. the Trump administration refuses to enact them. Correct. And nobody is holding them to task for that. No. I, I never hear them get asked about that. No. Maybe like once or twice and he brushes them off and then they let it go. Yep. And they're on to something else. So I, this is happening and not enough people care except for Robert Mueller, apparently. Yeah. And some people left in the intelligence circles. Definitely. And most Republicans in Congress turn a blind eye because it's just going to look bad for them politically because their standard bearer is is compromised by the Russians. And oh, well, what do we do? Except for basically John McCain, who's on his deathbed. Yeah. Like Lindsey Graham doesn't care enough. He pretends to for a wisp here and there. And then he turns around and goes after Steele. Grassley doesn't really care. You know, not enough of the Burr sort of cares sometimes. Not enough of them care. And they are the party in power. Which is so crazy because their base right now is my dad. Right? That generation. And that generation grew up, not grew up, but like lived through the terror of the Cold War. And Russia was the bad guy. And all the movies that we saw in the 80s. And, you know, like that was, that's the bad guy. And those people are now the the Republican base, old white dudes. And they're they're just... Russia's fine now. It's very well baffling. To me. No, what they're going with is they've been <laughs> they've been told over and over by Fox News and Trump that it's all a hoax. It's all a hoax. It's all a hoax. So that's just what they regurgitate. But then there's the Mueller there. thing, and there's not a hoax. Nobody's saying that anymore. Oh yes, they are. They don't. Tra- don't they still don't trust Mueller because Mueller no. had somebody on his team that sent bad texts about Donald Trump. The White Trump. House even is just like, well, sure. They definitely did, but we didn't have anything to do with it. Like the the hoax thing, I don't hear anymore. I hear, so what? The Russians tried to do something, and you know, no proof but, it actually but worked. Trump didn't do anything. It had nothing to do with him, and it didn't work. It's not like it matters. And it's like so we've really shifted though. Like the 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 thirteen indictments for Mueller against the Russians shifted the conversation in a significant way. I well, think. that first cry on I just saw about the Democratic response memo is worrying because if it's all defensive, then they shouldn't have released it. Of course it is. We're Democrats. Ugh. We don't know how to go on offense. Gross. We don't. Gross. They colluded with the Russians and they're all money launderers. And we're like, you know, that one point you made in the memo was incorrect and grammatically incorrect. And by the way, 
there's this small error here. Instead of being like, you fucking colluded with the Russians. Like, we don't know how to go on offense. We well, don't. Well, if the big takeaway from the memo, and it may not be because it was just released and they threw something up on the cryon and maybe that was the first thing they got through. Yeah. Was like, no, we didn't fucking spot. We didn't fucking spy on the Trump campaign. And they just threw that up. And then it, it, there's all this other good stuff. But Right. We'll uh, see. We'll see. Whatever. I'm Again, to me, the memo still seems like really small potatoes in terms of what's been happening. Yeah. Um, especially with once. And kind of a distraction, which I think is the point. Right. Like the Democrats want a distraction. Well, the Democrats, if the Democrats had their way, this memo would have been released the same day as the other memo. The Republicans decided to go ahead and declassify. Uh, the president decided to go ahead and declassify it. Right. So this is their way of being like, hey, remember that thing? Hey, look at remember, this. Remember, remember? <laughs> hey, 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 you can read this one now. Read this. Don't read the indictment. Read this. Read look this at, thing. Look at this drama. Remember the memo? Uh, we have it now. We're going to let you see it. Look at it. Read it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that'll buy a couple days. No, no, it'll buy a couple hours. Okay. Nobody cares. Yeah. Well, it, look, Jared, Jared Kushner, I think is in deep shit. I, I, I would be too. shocked and mortified if, if he just kind of walks. And like we say that note, remember few six months ago, we were saying Paul Manafort is in a world of shit. Watch, mm-hmm. watch what happens to him. And we didn't really know about Gates, but we knew about Flynn. We knew Flynn was in well, deep shit. Well, we knew shit. that Gates wasn't as important, but Gates was side by side with Manafort. Right. So. I just didn't know his name. But we knew about Manafort. We were like, mm, and then what's the other guy, Rohrbacher? Now he's interesting, right? Because right. his name is connected to all of this. Yes. He is, he's, he's a been sitting U.S. congressman from California. Yeah. And yeah. he's been, he's kind of the middleman for all these people. Yeah. Because he's, he's been working with the Russians for decades. And um, so much so that I was Googling him because I know his name and I know he's a garbage person, but I couldn't remember all the things. And I ran across this article from the New York Times way before any of this Russia shit blew up. And they were like, oh, about his gross apartment that he trashed. No, oh. <laughs> about how the Russians uh, valued him as um, an intelligence person so much that they gave him a nickname and they came to him. Right. The intelligence uh-huh. community, and they said, hey, like things might be getting a little cozy here. Like they have a nickname for you and you you're sort of seen as like a good source for them. Like, are you talking Sitting to the Russians? U.S. congressman. Sitting U.S. congressman. He was like, whatever. What? I have Russian Where's contacts. Jo- what do you Joe care? McCarthy when you need him? Right. <laughs> oh, my God. He'd be rolling over in his grave. Um, but no. So then. So this it's not been confirmed as far as I understand. But it's possible that Mueller may indict. Dana well, Rohrbacher, they broke yesterday that he was one of the unnamed, I don't want to say co-conspirators, but one of the unnamed people in the uh, New Gates and I think it was the New Gates and Manafort. I think it was charges. the Russian charges, oh, but either 13, way, yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah, he was either way, the, his name keeps coming up. one of the Americans that they didn't name in the Russian um, <laughs> indictment it was, it was a sitting U.S. representative. So that means he's from in California. trouble. Very now, he's so. also an idiot. Yeah, he's of an, He's an idiot and a loud mouth. <laughs> And he should be person. he should be mm-hmm. lawyering up and or re- oh, reti- resigning really is what he should be doing. Um, because and getting a lawyer, yeah. Because if Rohrbacher, I mean, how's this for GOP optics? A sitting U.S. congressman gets indicted by the special counsel. Yeah, that's new. That's fun. That's fun. It's not just I the mean, White it's, House it's and not executive s- overreach. It's s- the, a sitting congressperson. Gets indicted by the special counsel investigating. <laughs> yeah, just, it's it's not that sitting U.S. congressmen haven't been indicted before. That's happened for all kinds of different crap. Sure, but not for 
by special counsel investigating like possible election interference no that's pretty crazy that's pretty new even like nixon they never there were no senators involved no no that was really mostly i mean they ran interference for them but that was really mostly the the white house cabal yeah it was the white house and the and the um yeah the the, ag yeah yeah. rnc and all that yeah yeah so so you had something kind of different you wanted to talk about oh so i was reading this article from the washington post about um you know sexual assault in the military is something we've been following on the podcast for a couple years and uh there was a, a ruling that came down that's pretty upsetting um, around statute of limitations. So um, this, the question is, is kind of complicated because the military, um, in 2006, Congress passed a law that basically said statute of limitations do not apply, period, to um, sexual assault within the military. Okay? Right. But things prior to 2006, so the period between 1986 and 2006 is very muddy. 1986 and prior to 1986, it was five years statute of limitations. Right. Then in 1986, up until 2006, it was there are no limits on anything punishable by death and rape in the military is something that's punishable by death. Not that that's ever happened, but it's that that was how it was. So this case came out, um, was just ruled on. And they said, well, so first there was a case <clears throat> a couple of years ago um, that said that um, capital punishment for rape is a violation of the Eighth Amendment because it's cruel and unusual punishment because it is grossly overstating the crime, yeah. which I tend to disagree with, but I disagree with capital punishment, so it's fine with me. Right. Um, so anyway, this case sort of challenges the idea that uh, that the statute of limitations between 86 and 2006 exists or doesn't exist. And the court just came down and said, it does, and this person should not go to jail for it. Okay. How that... Which court was this, by the way? It's a military court. Oh. Yeah. Um, So how that impacts things... Do you remember when we were talking about that general who got court-martialed like years after he retired... For the consistent rape of a of a minor between like eighty three yeah. and eighty nine, yeah, remember, remember that guy when we were talking that. about that? Yeah. So that guy falls in the weird gray area, right? If it was pre nineteen eighty six, so the three years he was raping a child, that doesn't count because there was a statute of limitations of five years. But starting in nineteen eighty six, it's about retroactively for those three years. Well, yeah. so for from nineteen eighty six to nineteen eighty nine, when he was raping her, it's possible that he could get prosecuted for that. So he did get court martialed, and he is under indictment. The problem is that this case basically says anything that happened between eighty six and oh six, when Congress officially said there is no statute of limitations for military rape, uh-huh. now has the statute of limitations of five years because they because they are using this precedent of this case that says that. <sighs> Capital punishment can't be applied to rape cases. So basically, anyone who was assaulted in the military between 86 and 2006, fuck you. That's a tough area because talk about a little bit why applying laws retroactively is a dangerous precedent. Well, we're not applying laws retroactively. We are looking at cases that have come out and we have to look at what the law yeah, was when I, I, I know, I know, but that's kind of what they're arguing, right? No. What? So if you commit a crime in 1986, 1985, and your accuser doesn't come forward until 1991, 
let's say, five years later. You can't use the laws of 91 to apply to the laws of 85. That's what I mean. Right. You can't do that. that that's, that's applying the law retroactively. Right. Right. And why would and that, why would why that, would that potentially be dangerous? Okay. Because you can't be held accountable for laws that aren't passed yet. So if I today... Let, let's say Jeff Sessions tomorrow says uh, owning more than three sex toys is illegal. Well, owning more than six in Texas is... Yeah. I know, but let's let's just say nationally. Right. <laughs> Jeff Sessions does that and... and, and um, the cops bust in your house and, and you only have two, but then somebody rats on you that you, last week you had four before the law went into effect. No. So even that's not even the case, right? Like I yeah. have way more than three. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, I, I'm just using an example. of No, because this is relevant, right? Yeah. So I can't get in trouble today for yesterday having had more than three sex toys. Yes. Right. And a lot of times I get grandfathered in. Do I have to get rid of my sex toys? Do I have to pick my favorite three? Like what is the deal here? So a lot of times I get grandfathered in. If I don't get grandfathered in, then the law will have to state you have to get rid of everything more than three. Now in, in five years, if Jeff Sessions passes a law that says you can only have one sex toy, he can't go, you know, back in 1983, Susan HQ had 17 sex toys. She should go to jail. Well, right. Back and in that, that's, that's my point. That was not a law. That's my point. And if, and if there's even an arcane precedent that you could sort of apply the law to, and, and let's say we elect some hanging judge here, <clears throat> hanging puritanical judge here in the circuit court in Colorado, then I mean, I, it, it's a stretch to be, to be fair. It's a stretch, but, but, that seems to me kind of what the court is trying to argue yes, yes. about applying the law retroactively. Yes, it is. But unfortunately... Here's the deal Yeah, for me. The justice system is set up to protect the accused. And that's the way that it should be. The accused should be protected because we have a system where innocent until proven guilty, right? So the rights of the accused should be necessarily the most important rights. Okay? Yes. So... If um, that so, that's true. At the same time, there the argument around statute of limitations for me is very arcane and doesn't make a lot of sense, particularly around sexual abuse. Um, and that I think is why Congress in 2006 passed the law that said that like it doesn't matter in only in the military. Interestingly, because I guess that's the only federal jurisdiction that they have. Mm-hmm. For, for rape laws? Yeah, so yeah. just military rape. Now, you could do federal rape cases if you rape a bunch of people across state lines or you bring someone across state yeah, lines, then you you're kidnap them, then you interstate statutes, interstate yeah. commerce, and then you can be federally charged. But anyway, um, what's interesting about this retroactive application of laws is something that we talk about around marijuana laws. Right. Which is, okay. That's going to be my next so, example. I live in Colorado. Marijuana is legal to grow, legal to buy, legal to sell. With limitations. With limitations and licenses and regulations and all of the things. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of people that are in jail in Colorado for growing, selling, and buying marijuana with no additional charges, no violent crimes, no other things. Before 2014. Correct. Mm -hmm. (coughs) The question is, why are they in jail? Now, technically by the letter of the law... Back when they did that, it was illegal. But it seems to me continuing to hold them for a crime that is not illegal anymore. So sort of the reverse of this. Mm-hmm. We've we've made it 
legal now. So <laughs> what they did that what they're in jail for, no one else can go to jail for. It seems inhumane and cruel to keep them in jail. Mm-hmm. And our governor, who's being termed out, John Hickenlooper, has an opportunity to pardon all of those people who are in jail. California and Washington are going through a similar process. Um, and it's not just pardoning them. Um, the push from the um, community is really about exonerating them, right? Taking it off their record. So it's not like, oh, you were guilty of this crime, but you don't have to be in jail anymore. It's wiping. There is no felony. There is no misdemeanor. It's off your record. Because then you have an opportunity for employment, for housing. You're not discriminated against in terms of voting, depending on where you live. But there is this argument about like, well, it was illegal then. They were criminals then. They knew it was illegal. So maybe we should keep them in jail. I think that's morally abusive, personally. But it is an interesting intersection of like when to retroactively apply the law. And I think, again, it should always benefit like, it should always be for the greater good, right? Like, sexual assault and abuse victims don't always come forward right away. Right. Because of a million reasons. And that's why those laws are continuing to evolve. Yes. And those laws should. And I really think statute of limitations for um, sexual assault and sexual violence should go away. And they're starting to melt away here and there. Yeah. 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 Then they should. They really should. Particularly child sexual sex abuse cases. But even rape. I mean, especially like I think in 2006, Congress really recognized like the levels of power within the military make it very difficult while yeah. you're in the military to report the assault because you have to report it to the person sometimes that assaulted you mm-hmm. or the person directly above them and their yeah, like drinking the, the, buddies. The whole system was fucked. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. So they said, you can wait till you get out of the military and it's fine. But there's this weird gray area between 86 and 2006 and this military court just really fucked the victims over for that 20-year, 30-year period, which is really upsetting. Yeah. But it is... Well, we'll see if that gets challenged or... Anyway. Yeah, it could go to the Supreme Court, but they said that military cases very, very rarely are heard by the Supreme Court. No, in, unless don't. there's enough intersection and crossover to yeah. civilian issues. They just don't. Yeah. They don't. Anyway, uh, continuing to read cryons from this breaking uh, Democratic response memo, and it's all defense. It's all, uh-huh. no, we didn't do this. No, no, no. We trust us. We did that. And uh, is that really God. all we're going to get? Ugh. If so, they, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why the Republicans. That's why the Republicans released it, right? Because it's nothing. It was already nothing, and now we're going to talk about nothing some more instead of all the big things. Right, right. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to say we're going to contradict all the things we know were bullshit. Yep. So no one's can, talking. So about we can it argue about it some more. Right, and I'm sure the Democrats have stopped pushing for this to be released at this point, but it's not up to them, or it would have already been released. It's right. the Republicans going here as a shiny look at it. Yeah. yeah. No, you're exactly right. You're, yeah. you're exactly right. The timing is <laughs> just, Special. God, we're having a bad few weeks. Yeah. You release that Democratic, but then we can argue about that for a few days. Can I do the memo? Fuck it. Let's do the memo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the memo. Fuck yeah. it. Who cares? Nobody they, cares anyway. Uh, oh, the cryons I've seen were, <laughs> no, no, we had good reason to surveil Carter Page. Oh, yes, we totally explained the uh, relationship of the Steele dossier to the political whatever. And it's like, we, we already had these arguments. Did we are done with this? Uh, We're done. I hope no Democrats get on TV and talk about it. Just don't uh, just start talking about Russia. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Memo. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Anyway, let's talk about these let's indictments. Let's talk about Jared Kushner's security clearance. Yeah. So we got just a couple minutes left. Any uh, closing thoughts or ideas or anything else that we want to 
bring up here in the next few minutes. We haven't really talked about Trump's arm the teachers. I mean, I guess we talked a little bit about it. We did, yeah. Um, CPAC. We haven't really <clears> talked about. <throat> CPAC. No, I haven't watched any of it because fucking. I well, I'm not going to watch any of it, but it was, de- it was. Apparently, he had some word salad problems at one point. Trump. So what else is new? I mean, like bad. <laughs> I was reading a friend of mine was posting a thing about it and she was just like, I have I literally like he's usually bad, but I have no, that's not words that are a sentence. It's just not. It's just not like yeah. at all. Like apparently he was really bad. And the, I guess the Le Pens were there. They, yeah, they spoke the first day. They got the most controversial people, I think, out of the way the first day. Yeah. They so Le Pens, the, these are the people Wayne from LaPierre the, from the NRA. Dana Wait, hold Lash. on. The Le Pens are the um, National Front. National Front from France. From the, France. Nazis. Basically Nazi group yeah. from France. Yeah. Marie Le Pen, she runs for uh, PM every time she can and she loses, loses her ass. Every time she can. But she's yeah. she's like the um, Richard Spencer of France, except she actually runs for office. More or less. She yeah. wins a good chunk. Not a good chunk, but, you know. Uh, she's, her popularity is waning now. The, it's sort of been unmasked. They They kind of ran on this. No, no, no. We're just very conservative and we're just. Well, they ran on this safety for you because France lets in a lot of refugees uh, because it's in Europe and it's close. And uh, they ran on this like, oh, you know, these black people are raping these women and they come in with their headscarves. And France is a very um, secular country. And they did that for a while, but they're pretty much just Nazis. Well, they still got like 15 percent last time. So, yeah, I I mean, it's been very ugly. Uh, You've had a lot of gross anti-immigrant sentiment. I think a speaker there tried to say. It's a wonderful thing to see the naturalization ceremony when people want to become Americans and they got booed. They got booed. Wow. Um, wow. And there was a lot of, oh, wow, things have really taken a turn with. And then uh, this guy got up and said, we only made Michael Steele the RNC chairman because he was black. <laughs> that was yesterday. What? And then Michael what Steele. Was the, what was the point of saying that? To be racist. But why did. How does that help them? We made Be, him because that's what the crowd wants to hear. Because you're at because, because it's CPAC a, for, is a the, white supremacist rally. The Republican Party used affirmative action. They're just calling him garbage. They're just trying to say he like wasn't qualified, and they yeah. used him anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're attacking their own. Yeah. Because they're not okay. Got it. Sorry. And, and it takes then, me a minute to be like, what was the point? And of then that? there's all this pearl clutching. By the anti, the never Trump conservatives out there. Oh gosh, what has our party and movement and CPAC become? It's like, no, 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 no. Way back in 2012, you had this asshole named Peter Brimelow, a British Nazi, basically. And he was just as bad as the Le Pens or anybody else. And the left screamed about it and the right said, fuck you. And he spoke and nobody cared. And we went on with our lives. And there, there were, have been others over the years too. So, don't tell me this is a new thing. It's not a new thing. I, I guess more people are paying attention to it in the age of Trump and since Charlottesville. Well, it's not and- that we're paying attention to it. It's always been there. It's always been fomenting under the surface. Trump just unmasked it and everyone said, this is fine. Yeah. And that's where we are. And yeah. they're like, wait, this isn't fine. We're not supposed to unmask it. And you're like, yeah, but it was always there. Right. Just because somebody said it out loud doesn't mean that like, and you're like embarrassed by it. Doesn't mean that it wasn't always there. No. You yeah. have been trying to say it without saying it for decades. It's been there for years. Decades. And so Matt Schlapp is, you know, he's trying to put out the fires and put the best spin on it. And, you know, it is what it is. It's, it is a white supremacist rally. Yeah. And the, the, anti-woman, the crowd proves it. White supremacist, anti-gay, 
um, yeah, Bradley. Exactly right. Yeah, and if you have a Le Pen there and you're making the comments you make and the crowd is booing the idea of naturalizing anybody <laughs> as a citizen, um, then that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so what a wonderful time for gross NRA propaganda and racist propaganda um, when you have this what looks like a tidal wave coming to crush the Republicans. Yeah. So I guess keep it up, double yep. and triple Fuck down it. on it. Fuck and it. You hope for those racist white voters to come out again and we'll see what happens in 2018 and if I'm wrong I'm wrong but that's up to you guys so that's about all we got uh, one more thing I want to encourage you to listen to this podcast on Radio Public radiopublic.com you can download the app search for a reverent testimony because when you do that we get paid a little bit yeah and the more people do that and the more we get paid the more podcasts we can do yeah so if you want to hear us more than once a week and want to hear us do more cool stuff do that yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. You just got to listen to like an ad, I think, at the beginning. Yeah, like one ad at the beginning. We won't be reading end. it like somebody will just be saying something to you and then you'll hear it. But yeah. we get a little something out of it. So Yeah, very little. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Working on volume here. But anyway, uh, at Irreverent Duo uh, on Twitter, Irreverent Testimony at gmail.com for love letters. Uh, I have been Travis. I'm Rachel. Stay active. Stay tuned. Stay involved. Stay involved.